What is your first thought when you think back to school and having to take history? Did you enjoy learning about history of your country and the people back then, or did you dread it and feel that history was nothing more than dates and dead people? Did you feel like it had no meaning or relevance to your life today? Have you taken the time to understand why a memorial or monument was built and the significance it had for being built? Well, what if I told you that God has a purpose for memorials and monuments in our lives? In episode 45, I will share what God told several people in the Bible to do as a memorial for future generations and how he wants to remind you also of what he has done for you at times through memorials and monuments in your life. On this episode of The 318 Project. This is The 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and thank you for joining me on this episode of The 318 Project. So, thinking back as a kid, I remember going to Washington, D.C. and seeing the different monuments honoring leaders or the memorials to remember those that gave their lives, such as the Vietnam or the Korean Memorial. For me, seeing those images and even the names on those monuments and memorials felt like such an honor to know that so many gave their lives for our freedom. Then I remember going to several different battlefields of the Civil War, such as Gettysburg. That feeling I had when I walked along the fields and saw the monuments honoring the men that gave their lives on either side of the war. But as a Christian, what do monuments and memorials have to do with our salvation? Maybe you were taught or told that once you were saved from those things in your past, not to look back on them. Even in uh, one of the previous episodes I did, I recently talked about moving forward and how Jesus In Luke 9, verse 62 states, No one having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom. Well, God does want you and I from time to time to look back at our past. Now, many people in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, would build an altar, a monument, or a memorial to remind them of what God did for them or reveal himself to them in a mighty and miraculous way. Now, in Joshua chapter 4, we see that God placed Joshua in the leadership role of the children of Israel after Moses had passed away. They are about to cross the Jordan River when the Lord gives Joshua a command about what they should do once they cross. In verses 1 through 11, it says, And it came to pass... When all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, 
from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer, Tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priest who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua, and the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people. So here we see that God was giving the children of Israel a memorial as a reminder of what he had brought them from. He had brought them out of the bondage of Pharaoh in Egypt. He had parted the Red Sea and led them through the wilderness to bring them to the promised land, and it was to be able to share it with future generations to help them understand the importance of where they were now. Now, before Joshua, God had given Moses instructions about what should be done during that first Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, God tells Moses that this day will be a memorial and that when the children ask, why do we do this? To remind them of what God did as he passed over the houses of the Israelites while they were in Egypt. Then in chapter 13, God tells Moses what to say to those future generations when they ask, why they redeemed the firstborn lamb as a sacrifice, which again was a reminder of the Passover and being brought out of Egypt. Finally, in Deuteronomy, God tells Moses once again to remind the children of Israel and those future generations of how God delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. In chapter 6, verses 20 through 25, it says, When your son asks you in times to come, saying, 
what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you, then you shall say to your son, We were the slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Then it will be righteous for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So you can see here how God wanted the children of Israel to remember where he brought them from, and where he took them to, and all that he had done for them, even when they murmured and complained in the wilderness. You can see how many of these memorials are still being honored today by many Jews in the celebration of Passover, Hanukkah, Yom Kippur, and many others, as we see in those memorial events and holidays. However, many of us just view it as a holiday or something that has no significance to our personal lives. Now, in Genesis chapter 28, we see Jacob is fleeing from his brother Esau when he finds a place to sleep for the night. It says that he laid his head on a rock and during the night dreams of seeing a ladder to heaven and angels ascending and descending the ladder. Once he wakes up, he builds a memorial pillar from those same rocks. It says in verses 16 through 18, Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. Now we see later that this is where Bethlehem is, and that is called the house of God. Bethel means the house of God. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 it tells of Samuel setting a large stone and calling it Ebenezer to remind the Israelites of the great difficulty they had with the Philistines, but that God had rescued them. This was a reminder of a critical turning point in their past that God had helped them through it to this present time. Now, memorials can help you and me remember God's past victories in our past and help us to gain confidence and strength for the future. As you see, most of these memorials were just honoring what God had done for them in their past, and it was just giving them that strength. And most of it came, as it said, of a turning point in their past. Even the pilgrims 
had a memorial that they did when celebrating surviving those first couple of harsh winters. They took five kernels of corn before they ate as a memorial. They held it in their hands and prayed as a reminder and a memorial to remind them of the times when it was difficult and the food supply was so low that they had to ration each person with only five kernels of corn each day. Once through those hard times and now having a bountiful crop and meat that they had hunted, they wanted to remind those future generations of the sacrifices they made coming to this country. And that is what God has for us. He wants us to remember at times where we have come from. That is where our testimony comes from. It isn't to dwell on those past faults, failures, struggles, or sins, but to remind us what God brought us out of to call us his children. For me growing up, I would hear people share their testimony of how they had been delivered from drugs, alcohol, and addictions, abuse, or other troubled situations. And I would then question how could I have a testimony seeing what they had gone through that I'd never, I didn't do any of those things. So how could I really have a powerful testimony? But God reminded me that sometimes a testimony isn't about what he has brought you through, but what he has kept you from and protected you from. And that was what was so beneficial to me because it let me know that even though I hadn't gone through some of those tough times, he had protected me and kept me and guided me. And that is just as much a powerful testimony as those that have gone through something. Same thing for you. If you haven't had those struggles and God has kept you, that is a powerful testimony. And that is a memorial. So, You're probably thinking, well, should I go and build a physical monument or memorial to honor God or to remember those things that he's done for me? The truth is you are that monument. When you get up each day and look in the mirror, it should be a reminder to you of what God has done in your life and all the blessings that he has given you through your family, your finances, even though you may be struggling through some things, it is still that reminder of what God has done and is doing in your life. Each day is different. You may have some easy days followed by difficult days. You may feel at times that God has given up on you or left you on your own. But when you stop and take a look back, or when somebody even reminds you that you aren't that same person as you used to be, it should be an encouragement to you to see what God has done in your life as a living memorial to him. As I'm finishing up, and, and I was as I was studying this topic, there was an old song or story that came to mind that I remembered hearing about as a kid. And I had to ask a few people trying to get get the answer of what was the name of the song. I couldn't remember 
the name of the song or the story, whether they were together or separate or however it was. Finally, somebody gave me the answer, sent me the the response, and the song was called Child of the King. And in that song, the singer then tells a story called I Never Want to Forget. And that's the story I want to share with you. The story goes, many years ago, a king was riding in his chariot through a very poor area of town. He looked out the window and saw much poverty and ruin. As he looked at a group of kids playing in the street, one young boy caught his eye. He called for the driver to stop the chariot and called the young boy over to his window. He asked the young boy about his parents, to which the young boy replied that he didn't have any parents. The king then asked who cared for him. The boy's response was that he was staying with a family until he was old enough to care for himself, but that they really couldn't afford to give him much because they cared for so many other children as well. The king asked, how would you like to come and live with me? The boy was excited and replied, I would love to. The king stepped out of the chariot and said to the boy, Show me where you are staying so I can inform them that you will be going home with me today. The king walked onto the porch of the old shack and knocked on the door. He informed the lady that answered the door that the young man would be going to live with him. She gladly let him go because she could not afford to care for him anyway. The king brought the young boy into his palace and told his cook to prepare the boy a nice meal and the servant to show him to his new room. The servant took the boy to his new room and helped him get cleaned up, changed into new clothes before dinner. The servant would come daily to take the young boy down for breakfast Each day as he approached the room, he would hear the boy crying. After many days, the servant finally said to the boy, As I approach your room every day, I hear you crying. Surely you are not happy to be in the kingdom? The boy says, Oh no, I'm very happy to be here. I cannot explain it, but I will leave my door cracked open tomorrow so you can see what brings the tears. The next day, the servant approached the room and the door was cracked open, just as the boy had said it would be. So he peeked in to see what caused the boy such sorrow. As he watched, the boy pulled out a box from under the bed. He reached in the box and pulled out the old rags he wore the day he came home with the king. He held the rags to himself, looked in the mirror. It was at that moment that he started to cry. Then he placed the rags back in the box, pushed it under the bed, wiped away the tears, and headed toward the door for breakfast. The servant stopped him at the door and said, Surely you are not happy to be in the kingdom. The boy replied, Did you not watch to see what caused my tears? The servant said, I watched, but I just don't understand. You held up the rags to yourself in front of the mirror and cried as if you missed wearing them. The boy, with tears back in his eyes, stated, Oh no, I do that every day 
because I never want to forget what the King has done for me. And that is how God wants you and I to feel every day and to be thankful for what He has done for us and to never forget that you are God's monuments. And that's what I wanted to share with you today, is that no matter what you go through, through those highs and the lows, through those good times and the bad times, that our life is that memorial to God to to remind us of what He has done in our lives each and every day. Even though it may seem like it takes time to get where He wants us to be, It is that monument in our lives of seeing how he has been with us through every struggle and trial that our lives can be that monument for him. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. And again, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, and share this with other guys. And as always, have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.